taped right now we are out at calico ghost town we are now in the cemetery and later on we're going to be going through the uh, ghost hunt tour that ought to be real fun i'm going to try to get some uh some audio of that and right now we're just going to kind of walk around and and uh have some open uh open mic here so there won't be a lot of talking but uh you'll be able to hear the sounds and maybe we'll catch some EVPs. And for the listeners, you'll probably hear us talking and other people talking that are around here, so... So, uh, you hear us talking, you'll hear a little, little off the air stuff that we do. And if you're just joining us, everybody, uh, Glenn Clark, Stories of the Dark, uh, out with uh, Black Circle Girl as well. We're at the uh, Calico Ghost Town Cemetery. Thank you. 
collecting more coins. Some more coins on the graves. Mm -hmm. Got a penny right here. I should put one. You don't know any of these people. <laughs> Pay my respects. No, there's still good audio. Brand new little benches out here. You ever hear the old, uh, the old tale that they put the rocks on the, on the, you know, the graves, yeah. and, like that you're not supposed to take them, take one home, otherwise you take home the spirit with you. Oh, I think you told me that about the marbles at that one place. Mm -hmm. I just figured it was more like, you know, not wanting the wild animals to dig them up. <laughs> mm. 1994. And that was 2017. Yeah. 1932. Yeah. Nice long life right there. Yeah. Gotcha. Up to the top, a lot of other people were doing Doc Holiday over there. Was it? Supposedly. Oh. A little smoky out here. Barbecue. Grilled probably burgers. Probably from the campground down there. Yeah, they even have them little uh, tent things we ought to go and hang out there. They stay there one night. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm asking. <laughs> 457. Okay. Yeah, careful of these rocks. Yeah. A little rocky. A little rocky. Don't fall. Don't fall in my gear. Distract me. It's the best way to fall. I like to walk down around that way. Look at those. Yeah, this is a pretty steep layout. There's like a little curvy way down there too. Some really hard rock that they had to dig. I mean, that's pretty awesome. But yeah. But the tide's still coming in. I'm surprised this place is so and if you're just joining us, everybody, it's Glenn Clark along with Black Circle Girl, Stories of the Dark. We are out at Calico Ghost Town. We're going to be going to their their weekend ghost hunt. So, as I said earlier, I'm going to try to get some uh, audio of that for you so you can all hear what is going on and 
We're going to try to take some pictures and we'll post those. I'm kind of hoping there won't be a lot of people in our group, but I don't know how many people they allow in the group. I don't know. Or, you know, if they're a quiet bunch that hope to hear and see ghosts, hopefully they won't be too chatty. One of the, uh, one of the workers here yesterday when, uh, when we called in the uh, tickets for tonight reported actually seeing a ghost at one time. And for those of you who have been out here, we're like, we're kind of at the bottom of a little hill right now. There's a big white cross. Um, I know there's some guys on YouTube that have uh, a video that they put up. That they were actually standing up there as well. Well, actually, there's another big cross, I think, that's in the Calico Town that that other dude was standing by. But it could have been the coast. Yeah, well, they were in the cemetery, too, so. This is it right here, so. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back, and we'll probably be on in another location by then. I'm Glenn Clark along with Black Circle Girl and this is Stories of the Dark. Hello, is anyone here? Any 
spirits here that wish to talk with us? My name is Jenny, and this is Glenn. And we're going to be going on a ghost tour tonight. And we welcome any spirits who would like to talk to us. Message you. How is everyone tonight? Good. Good. Do you like when people come and visit? Love it. Visit you on the ghost tours? Slow it down a little bit. those ones. Oops, sorry. My knuckle cracking. We can hear people coming and talking right now. Maybe we should pause it. This will let me... Try to talk to some spirits while we're hanging out. Hello. Hello, anyone here? Anyone like to talk with us? Howdy. Ooh, that was a deep voice. How long have you been here at Calico? What year is it for you? How many people live here? Hmm. Slow it down a bit. How many spirits are here? But like I was saying earlier, that's Glenn and I'm Genevieve. And you know the ghost tours are here for that. Hopefully communicate with people who want to talk to us. Howdy. Do you like all the campers over there? I can hear some kids. Do you scare them when they come in the caves? Here comes another car. Do you like the tours? Do you like to come out and say hi to people? Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Babe? Hey now. Hey. She's taken. <laughs> how old are you? Are you male or female? Sound like a girl voice saying I'm male. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Do you like it here? Are you here in the mines? Did you work here? Or just live here? Is 
does your family come and visit you? Are you buried in the cemetery? Yeah, look at the EMF meter. It's like five bars right now. Yeah, we never get higher than three. Yeah. Is someone here with us? You have to come you have to come close to the phones so we can hear you. Oh, oh. What the heck? Whoa. Let me move my purse. That could be the It might be my camera or something. No. No, we got a full There's something. That is that you or is that electricity? Yeah. Is it going up and down? We can't see. Good. Are you making the EMF meter move? Can you make the bars go up into the yellow? See, maybe there's not. Yeah, there's definitely something there. Yeah, it's pointed this way, not in your phone. In your phone's that way. Do you hear the kids talking? There are people. Did you curse before? You ready? Are you ready for the tour? Are you going to come out and say hi? Are you going to be able to see in pictures? I see, I see a flashlight down there right now. We should probably put it out here. That way, yeah. That, so we don't. So we don't get in trouble. Well, not so much get in trouble, but contaminate the recording. Oh, true. Are you charged? It's seventy percent right now. So. Okay.
And welcome back to Stories of the Dark. I am Glenn Clark along with Black Circle Girl and we are out at Calico Ghost Town in uh, Yermo, California is what it's officially called. And uh, we are about to go in for the mine tour and I'm going to be uh, uh, just airing audio only in there. Um, you'll be able to hear hopefully the tour guide give some, tell some stories and stuff. And then uh, afterwards, uh, afterwards we're going to do a uh, tour of Main Street up and down. Uh, hopefully we'll get some good evidence there and we'll uh, share with you on, the, on our websites. As always, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, thank you to my new Twitter followers. I'm up over 200 now because of you. And uh, we really appreciate it. So we're going to take a little break and then uh, we'll, we'll uh, begin the uh, mind tour portion. I'm Glenn Clark along with Black Circle Girl. This is Stories of the Dark, live from Calico Ghost Town. Thank <laughs> you. 
Yeah. You also started a, a, a stage stop, ran a stage stop over near Barstow, and there were some ponds, there were some fish on it, so he got really imaginative and he called it Fish Ponds. He got together with some guys who uh, uh, were uh, prospectors and they got into a grub staking agreement. What that means is they uh, agreed to financially get together and uh, they would go out and find some minerals and whatever they found, he would back them and they would uh, hopefully uh, make millions of dollars. And guess what? They found something. And that hill right up there, they found what would eventually become the Silver King Mine, which is the largest silver strike in the United States at that time. There was only one other larger silver strike and that was in Alaska a few years later. And uh, the town blew up af shortly after that. Uh, the amount of silver they pulled out of there is about 200 tons of silver, around $200,000 in their money at that time. Uh, a couple months ago, I had a kid, uh, I say kid, he was a college student, uh, who was a math major. And uh, he had an app for that, and he figured out how much money that is in modern dollars. And he said it's close to a billion dollars worth of silver. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Uh, they, like I said, they uh, pulled silver out of there for 15 years, and they stopped not because they ran out of silver, but because the price of silver dropped and became unprofitable. So when you come back here during the daytime and you look up there, you'll see some pile of reddish rock. That is silver ore that they just left behind. So if you want to break the rules, break your neck, or break your head, you can run up that hill and grab yourself some reddish rock and say you mine some silver at Calico. If you're a little less adventurous and don't want to go the hospital bills, you can run up this hill right up here to the place that's called the Rock Shop and buy yourself a little piece of reddish rock. And tell everyone you ran up that hill. Just make sure to take the price tag off. Like I said, uh, uh, the town blew up shortly after the mine uh, opened up. Word got out that there was this huge uh, silver ore, so the town uh, went from zero to 2,000 people almost overnight. First off, they decided to ha they named the town. I think it was named by some lonely uh, miners because they thought the hills were as pretty as a woman's calico dress. And that's how they got the name Calico. Also named the Calico Hills. Uh, they had every amenity that a uh, town would need. They had um, 20 bars, so you figure out. 2,000 people, 20 bars. Uh, I'll use the word and you let, I'll let the adults explain to the kids what it is. They had four bordellos. So you do the math, four bordellos, 2,000 people. There were some tired women. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see, they had a lawyer's office, they had a sayer's office, they had their own newspaper and they had their own schoolhouse. The one thing they did not have was a church. They never got around to building a church. They did have a meeting hall where they had an organ and they did have a, a Sunday meetings in the meeting hall. Uh, if you want to see what the organ looks like, you go to the Barstow at the Mojave River Valley Museum. On the weekends, the docent looks suspiciously like me. That's just coincidence. And the organ is sitting in the museum there. It does not play, by the way. Uh, let's see. Uh, we had some famous people that come and visited this town and worked here. One of them was a young kid that lived in a town called Water. If you go down the 40 freeway, you'll see Water today. It's now called Newberry Springs. His uncle, by marriage, was John King. And he helped out at the mine, did some paperwork, even dug some, dig some digging. The problem is, is the farm failed. So his family had to pick up and move, so he had to leave Calico and they moved to Buena Park. And they started another farm there, 
But that farm became more famous for the uh, cafe they start out front that served fried chicken and berry pies. Mm -hmm. Does anyone know what that farm was called? Knott's. Knott's Berry Farm. And that young boy was Walter Knott who started the, the uh, amusement park. In 1950, Walter Knott found out that Calico was for sale, lock, stock, and barrel, and that's pretty much all that was le left here, just a few buildings. And so he bought the town, and he set about to build it as an attraction. So most of the buildings you see here are copies of what was originally there. He used uh, photographs, uh, newspaper articles, city plans and stuff, and he did a pretty good job of being faithful to it. There are some buildings that will be passing a couple on the way to the mine. I'll point those out. And for those of you who are on the mine tour, I'll point out some more of them. Um, in 1961, uh, uh, Walter Knott decided, uh, wanted to expand it, maybe turn it into more of an amusement park, but he couldn't get the permits to do it. So he decided to get out of the ghost town business and he gave the whole town to the county of San Bernardino and they found Landscape Park. And there we go. And that's the history. And now we're going to hike it to the mine. One question, Steve. The, uh, you know, like how boom towns in the Old West, when they pretty much overnight just thousands of people right there, was there like a big saloon presence here as far as like, uh, you know, uh, for poker players, all of that showing all that. up here? Yep, everything. Because they would just travel around from town to town wherever mm -hmm. the money was at. Yeah. So that was right here also. Huh? As a matter of fact, the uh, saloon that we have here today. That's an original building, and that was a saloon back in the 1800s. It's always been a saloon. I actually have a picture of that from during Prohibition days, serving alcohol. <laughs> so it's been a continuously running saloon pretty much the whole time. Excellent. Good <laughs> question. Any cash?
They'll all be friends at least by the end of the tour. Either that or we'll hate each other. I heard the door shut. Cool. All right. Now, this is a ghost tour, I must admit, but I like to also think of it as 101 ways to die in a mine. This is the first way to die in a mine to tell you about. Now, when they, pro they dug up the ore, they dug up big rocks like that. Now, it didn't really look like that. That's this kind of junk rock we put in there, for example. And I'm not sure that's really blood on the rocks. I think it might actually be strawberry jam, but we won't talk about that. Because it hasn't turned brown yet in, in months, so I think it's strawberry jam. Well, the process to make the ore uh, to get the silver out is they had to crush it into smaller pieces and soak it in chemicals to separate the silver from the junk ore. And one of the pr principal chemicals they used was arsenic. Oh. So when, if you were really good and you knew what you were doing, that was no problem. But a lot of these guys were amateur uh, miners and stuff like that. So what they would do, and you actually could see it in the desert in some places, they would actually just in the back of their shed they would dig a uh, pit and they'd fill up the thing with chemicals like arsenic and then they process the ore there. And you could tell they weren't really careful because their hair and their teeth would fall out in clumps and they'd get a little bit gray and then they'd probably die in their early 20s. Uh, the one thing that they needed to do to get the ore into smaller places is they used an ore crusher or a stamp mill. Now the bigger operations used a stamp mill. It was sometimes two or three stories high. There's one on Main Street you can see if you go down there today. But uh, smaller operations use smaller stamp mills like this or like this. This one was used by for an, with an engine. This one actually was used by an engine or by hand. And if you guys who uh, know antique cars, this is actually a crankshaft or an old car. They did that a lot. And what they do is they load the car in here and you can tell when you are in here and you can tell the guys that worked on these uh, stamp mills for too long because after a while, they went deaf. Wow. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'll keep doing this stuff. Anyway, as promised, if you don't have a flashlight, I'll lend you one as long as you return it. So go ahead, line up and grab a flashlight. Make sure they work because sometimes the batteries poop out on us. Can I buy a water also off you? Yeah, just grab, uh, give me a dollar, grab the water. Come around here. Everyone got a flashlight in each one? You got a flashlight? You got a big silver one. Last time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Blaine Clark's Stories of the Dark. We are now walking through the mine. He'd 
walked out through the mine, and his finger was about ready to collapse. He was smacked against the wall and warning that the mine was about ready to collapse. So what the miners would do is they'd eat their lunch down here, and they'd take a piece of the bread, a piece of the meat, and maybe some honey for the town guys to eat, keep them happy. What's interesting about studying these legends is there's always a grain of truth. Because that meat and the bread they leave behind, they always disappear. Why do you think it disappears? And the truth of that is, is if you're working out here with your chicken company and all of a sudden you see all the rats heading for the exit, you're thinking, wait a minute, something's wrong. I better follow the rats. <laughs> it's also believed that the knocking or knacking they heard may have been the wood or scratch. So there's a little bit of truth to the comment. Collapse on them. 
As you can see, it has yet to collapse. There is some rock that has uh, fallen off the side, not a lot. But I don't go down there, and I'm never going to. Uh, if you look in the back here, I'll give you all a chance to look in, so don't worry about that. There are some wooden pipes back there. The water here in the high desert is incredibly hard, and the metal at the time of the 1800s was not that great. So the water would eat through the pipes in just a matter of months. But they figured out that wooden pipes would survive, so they made the whole city uh, water system out of wood, and they wouldn't seal up the wood, because the wood would swell with the water and seal itself up. Very good system. This is a very active area. This is a good place to take pictures. Uh, a lot of people have gotten pictures of figures in this room. Orbs and streaks, all sorts of other weird stuff come out also. But the most interesting thing that people reported here is the sound of miners' voices and the sound of tools. They heard that, but even more weird than that, they heard women down here. Which is really quite unusual because miners didn't want women down in the mines. They thought it was, they were bad luck. You ladies are all bad luck. Um, a lot of people really don't believe that the miners really thought that way. They were just using that as an excuse because mines, mines are so dangerous they want to protect the women. However, red-headed women were another thing. Miners considered red-headed women to be like black cats. And it was reported a number of times the miners would go be walking through the mine and they passed a red-headed woman, they would whip her, you wouldn't go back home and wouldn't go to work that day. <laughs> Which is a funny story because the first time I ever did a solo tour, you know how you're really getting into your job and you're not really paying attention to the surroundings? I say that story and I took a breath and I looked and say right there were two red-headed women. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, I am doomed. Anyway, it hasn't happened yet, but anyway, so that's what happened. But uh, people have heard women down here laughing and talking and stuff like that. So, at this point, this is a really good place to take pictures. We've had some luck here. So, keep your feet behind this wood beam here, and feel free to take pictures. And we'll show you light to help you out. I do that dramatic kick on the door, because one time I did that and someone screamed. This one has it. Yeah, it's, it's been normal uh, past few years, but yeah. Um, there's, there's tons of mines out here. We just, um, last week we had a guy fall down the mine by accident. Broke his leg. Oh. Took about six hours to get the poor guy out. But no, it, it wasn't his fault. He didn't even know the mine was there. He just fell down. And According to reports, he, he was at the bottom of the mine and he had to do the work again. Apparently his foot was run by a deer. Watch out for tarantulas, River. We're coming to town now. Hey, you have to see a tarantula here. Tarantula.
Now, when you go to work on your prospect, you use all your geologic knowledge, you use all your scientific knowledge, and you use everything you can learn. But when you get done with that, you also can use a coin. With our coin, you flip it. As you dig over here, they'll be digging over here. So that's what they say. You dig, they flipped it, they dug over here for the better part of 10 years. And they got absolutely nothing. So they gave up, built their platforms, and they ended up uh, doing some digging in uh, Arizona and Nevada, and they ended up dying rich rich. But if the coin went the other way to the left side, on this side, up top there was uh, one day a kid from Calico who knew what he was doing, was walking around, and he ran across the rock. He said, that looks like silver. So he picked it up, he marked where he found it, and he took it to his dad, and he said, son, dad, your dad agreed that looks like silver. So they went to the estate's office, and uh, the estate was the uh, official that uh, first off determined whether or not you really had the mineral that you thought you had, and whether or not you had the legal right to dig there. They had silver, and they had the legal right. And as you can see the sign there, they found $65,000 worth of silver. Wow. So the poor old McKinney brothers lost out on $65,000 on the coin toss. Wow. Now, a fun thing about the McKinney brothers is they haunted me personally, in a sense. Shortly after I uh, started doing these tours, I'm also a photographer. And a lady called me from Arizona. She's writing a book on another cemetery that's near here called the Pioneer Cemetery. And she wanted me to take some pictures of the gravestones, which we paid in well. And uh, she, uh, she uh, gave her the pictures. She gave me the money. We were all happy. And we talked on the phone. And uh, I said that I do these tours. And she said, is my grandpa and my great uncle still down in the mine in Calico? And I'm going, what are you talking about? If he's been here, she said, my grandpa is laying in the bed, and my great uncle is sitting at the table. And these were her grandpa and great uncle. Uh, shots that he 
kind of love to walk out there and give uh, back to where the students are living in Malta. Uh, a little bit of history. The walls are not first opened up this morning. There was no staircase, but that was the exit up there. And they actually had a wooden ladder that the Sight Mountain blew out there. <laughs> and imagine that. I actually had a lady that was on the tour, and she came in, came in to see me climb up that ladder and get out of here. She told me that. Uh, this is an interesting place. Um, a lot of sightings here, but some children, little children. Can you guys tell me? Yeah, we can look here. Um, for some reason, children are more attuned to spirits when they see uh, figures on these stairs. We've actually had a number of reports of kids get that they're completely scared and they refuse to go any further. And they say that they see men in old clothes looking at them weird, standing on the stairs. And for years, people wondered why were the spirits of Oscar Meyer standing on the stairs? And then uh, a few months back, I had a couple from Sweden of all things were having their honeymoon at Calico. <laughs> and the husband came up with a theory, and I think it's a really cool theory. He said that the ghost of Calico, of Mrs. Mine is hanging out on these stairs because there's a new piece of metal in the mine, and the miners are trying to figure out whether or not it's got enough, whether or not they can see that it's got enough in the mine. So they spendingly eternity figuring out this new piece of metal in the mine. And when he said that, I'm like, Anyways, uh, the rest of the tour, uh, yeah, one more stop, by the way. Uh, uh, please take your time walking out. Every few steps, uh, turn back and take pictures for people who have trouble doing that. Also, make sure to take pictures of the stairs. Can you guys do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a question? Yeah. yeah. Um, Adrian is going to mention uh, how, how uh, the price of how the price of the silver went down so much. I think it was too much on the market, and I think uh, the government deregulated it. I'm not sure. It was something to do with the government did something to it. I'm not. I don't remember. But it should be there. Get that. But it's amazing how much uh, supply it is. When it was a town of Boron had uh, borax, and that. There was so much borax on the first day that they mined that borax that the price of borax worldwide went down by half wow. on the first day. <laughs> yeah. So it, it could be a supply. I think it had something to do with the government. You know, or like you get a good amount and then they spend them too much to get small amounts. Yeah. Well, what's the price
Oh, me too. Oh, yeah, I've, been, I've been feeling it most of the tour. You're the last of the Mohicans? Yes. <laughs> okay, everyone, return your flashlights. Already. We're about 30 miles of tunnels. <laughs> I can hear them. They press the button. Okay.
the time you put the mystery paper bag and give the Queen of Pentacles and Knight of Pentacles. Chinese to come into America, which was kind of silly because um, 
If it wasn't for the Chinese, the railroad wouldn't have been built. Most of the West wouldn't have been built. Mm. I just read a book, just literally last week, about uh, people traveling over the Mexican border to come to America for jobs. And the Chinese were the first people to do that. They would sail a ship into Mexico and they cross the border and they would get jobs here in America. It's kind of interesting. Uh, they, uh, it's widely said that the Chinese did not work the mines here in Calico or anywhere else. And I say that, that's malarkey. Because you can't tell me a young kid, no matter what race, creed, or current religion, that had a choice between washing dishes or finding his fortune out in the mines, what he would choose. He would go out and find his fortune. So I imagine there were a few Chinese out there digging in the dirt. Uh, but for the most part, the Chinese here in Calico, they worked behind the scenes in the, in the restaurants, and also they did laundry. Uh, they kind of worked behind the scenes in town. That lends itself to one of the more interesting, colorful uh, period stories of Calico, is one day, because there was prejudice against the Chinese, there were some miners at one of the taverns decided to go teach the Chinese a lesson, aka beat them up. So they came down from uh, down Main Street Way, they came here, and they're going to uh, raise some heck with the Chinese. Chinese saw them coming, and like I said, the Chinese did the laundry, and back then they had those heavy metal irons that they would heat up on the stove. So the Chinese saw them coming, and they started collecting their irons, and when they got in range, they started chucking their irons at these guys, and these guys realized, hey, wait a minute, we're kind of outmanned here, so we better leave. And the punchline to that is, the people of Calico liked the fact that there was someone around to do their laundry and someone around to do their dishes. So the guys that were going to pick a fight with the Chinese, they were kicked out of town. And they would apologize. This was Chinatown, like I said before. Most of the buildings here are original. They were adobe and they've just kind of weathered over the years. Some of these buildings may have been re uh, put up later on, maybe by Walter Knight himself trying to expand the area. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they are old. Anyway, uh, our tour guide Patty, some of you uh, know her. She's seen more of uh, the spirits than anyone. She's kind of in tune to that. She has seen uh, Chinese figures walking through this area here. Uh, over by that street light over there, she's seen an older gentleman. The uh, way she describes it, uh, that gentleman is he may have been a person by the name of Afu who was the unofficial mayor of Chinatown. And behind us, over over that way, she saw a young uh, girl playing at one time. So, very active area, especially when you come by during uh, President's Weekend in February, because we have our Civil War days. And usually the Confederacy or the Union takes over this town, and they have battles over it. It's really kind of cool. When is that?
Welcome back to Stories of the Dark. I am Glenn Clark, along with Black Circle Girl, and we are out at Calico Ghost Town. And we are getting ready to go on the Main Street Tour right now, and uh, our uh, tour guide, I'm sure, will give us some uh, facts of the uh, area and let us tell some really good ghost stories, I'm sure, as he did in the mines. I hope you all enjoyed that. So... We're going to go on the ghost tour. We'll give that to you live, and uh, and I hope you all enjoy it. Once again, from Calico Ghost Town, I'm Glenn Clark, along with Black Circle Girl, for, and this is Stories of the Dark. Issues and today's not a good day for me, so I might fall. So if you see me fall, don't walk there. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, photography is absolutely positively allowed. As a matter of fact, I'm probably going to be on Facebook a number of times tonight. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Um, we also have a, our own uh, Go School Experience Facebook page and website, and people share their pictures, and you can see their uh, what people have seen. I'll be pointing out some places where you might be able to take some pictures throughout here. Actually, on the main street too, there's a number of places. I won't point them out, but throughout the city, you can take pictures, and you might have some good luck. If we want to tag you on something, Steve, what a Barso Steve. Barso Steve. Oh All one word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you Google Barso Steve, Bar -so every link Bob. links to me. Yeah. yeah. All right. Is that one of our groupers? Oh, yes, it is. I recognize it. You will be, you probably will see a cat follow us here. Cat's name is Chuck. This one? Yeah. No, they call him Pest because he has a bad habit of sneaking into stores and then when they lock up at night, they uh, yeah, they have to let him out. Anyways, he's a very friendly cat. But he kind of freaks people out because he's gray and hides in the shadows. All right, some of you have been on my mind tour already today, so you've heard this, and you might note that uh, numbers can be changed, but I can remember stories, but I can't remember numbers very well. All right, Calico got started about 1881. Uh, got started about 1881 by a gentleman by the name of John King, who was a marshal in the county of San Bernardino. He also ran a, a stage shop owned by the town which soon be called Barstow. Uh, the uh, space shop was called Fish Ponds after the ponds over there, they were there that had fish in them. Very nice indeed. He got together with a couple of prospectors who knew what they were doing, and they got into a grub staking agreement, which basically means he financially backed them to go find minerals out in the desert, and they, they would share any proceeds they'd find. Like I said, these guys knew what they were doing. They uh, went up to this hill right up here, and they found silver. They found the largest silver strike in the United States at that time. There's only been one other larger silver strike up in Alaska. Uh, when they started pulling silver out of that area, they pulled uh, 200 tons of silver, about $200,000 of, uh, of value. I, did, I had a young gentleman on one of my tours who was a math major and had an app for that. He figured out that was close to a billion dollars of modern money. Uh, they pulled, they, uh, they mined their operated for about 15 years, and then the value of silver dropped, and it became unprofitable to pull silver out of there. So they uh, stopped pulling the silver, and then the town totally died from there. Uh, but if you come down back during the daytime, you look up on those hills, you see some piles of reddish rock up that hill. That is silver ore. So if you want to risk breaking the rules, getting in trouble, breaking your neck or breaking your head, you can run up that hill and grab yourself some red rock and say to everyone, hey, I mined some silver at Calico. If you're not that adventurous, you can run up this hill here and right up the road here to the block shop and buy yourself <coughs> some silver oil. You tell everyone you ran up the hill there and uh, get some uh, silver. Oh, I got it off start. Candy can. Are these my people? <coughs> Tours over, you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, are you here for the my, uh, Main Street tour or? Eight o'clock uh, walking tour. Uh, this is the uh, 
having way too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this building uh, is widely believed to be a part of the complex of the Bordello complex. And for you adults to explain uh, what a Bordello was, uh, Patty has a great way of explaining it. It's where the men come and visit the ladies and they play board games. Board. People have heard music being played here and they've heard laughter, kind of like what LP just did, and uh, uh, talking. But the one thing that most people report uh, here is the smell of lilacs and roses. And as you see, there's no lilacs and roses here. It's widely believed that that might be the perfume that the ladies are playing board here. Uh, another uh, interesting story about those types of facilities is, this is a little bit of history on, uh, railroad men used to come visit these facilities, and they would be, you know, like on their breaks and stuff, and they would come in with their lanterns, and they'd go take, uh, take advantage of the facilities, and they would leave their lanterns out front because it's hard to turn them off and turn back on, so they were able to take care of business. And the boss didn't really mind that because they could always find their guys because they'd be lanterns out front. And once you know if their lanterns weren't white like this one, their lanterns were red. And that's why it's believed that the phrase red light district got started. No, no LEDs, thanks. Do you have any red lights?
switched to something from the 1800s, and then it switched back. Who did say they got up from that bench and they never came back? <laughs> <laughs> original building. Uh, Calico never really had a church. He never got around to a church. Probably playing too many board games. <laughs> um, but they did have a meeting hall. Uh, it was put up shortly after the Applewhite boarding house burned down. They had a meeting hall there. And they had church services there. And they even had an organ play music. And that organ is still in town. It's at the Mojave River Valley Museum. Open tomorrow from 11 to 4. And the dozen looks awfully familiar for some weird reason. <laughs> anyway, this is the town hall. If, you, uh, if it's open during the daytime, feel free to come in and look. The pictures on the wall are of all people that have uh, uh, contributed greatly to the town of Calico. Some of them are friends of mine, actually. Uh, there's been some interesting things happening at this building for some reason. Uh, some of the rangers uh, have reported seeing men standing at this window. Uh, late at night when their door is locked, they've heard weird knocks on the door and also on the piano that's in there. But the most interesting thing that's happened here is one year they had, uh, during the festival, they had a artist in residence. She would be in there uh, painting western pictures. Pretty nice artist too. And uh, people would come in and ask her questions and stuff like that. So on a quiet time she's painting and all of a sudden she felt someone standing behind her. And so she looked back and there's no one there, so she just figured she was uh, imagining things. But that present, that feeling never went away. So she kept on painting, and after a while, for like half a day, it stayed there. So she kind of went a little bit 
angry and she turned around and said, I don't mind you watching me, but standing behind me is kind of freaking me out. Can you move to the side? And she felt the presence, moved to the side, and stayed there for the rest of the day. First off, how many of you have a long commute to work? Oh, nobody, you're lucky. <laughs> well, this is Lucy Lane's store. Lucy Lane uh, ran the general store for a number of years. She didn't build this building, someone else did, then he uh, bugged out and sold it to her. And she had the shortest commute ever, because that's Lucy Lane's house right across the street. Anyways, more about Lucy Lane later. Uh, this is an original building. Even though the front of it is wood, the rest of it is adobe. And there's a reason why it's an original building, is because Adobe is somewhat fireproof. And that is by design. After the town burned a couple of times, the city fathers made it a rule that every fourth or fifth building had to be Adobe. So when the wood buildings would burn, the Adobe would act as a firebrick. And this helped us out around about 2005. Because on the other side of the street there, people always laugh at this, but it's true, the candle shop caught on fire. <laughs> Somebody uh, left a piece of equipment plugged in when they shouldn't have and it caught on fire. And it burnt four buildings, but it was stopped by two adobe buildings from the 1800s. Mm -hmm. So that rule from back, back 100 years ago helped us out today. Like I said, this is Lucy Lane's store. Uh, Lucy L uh, Lane still works this store sometimes. A lot of children who see ghosts easier than adults report an older lady in the back of the store uh, working back there. Also, uh, Lucy was very fond of children, not too fond of teenagers, I'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she, um, it's reported that sometimes when you come into the store, the uh, stick candy is laid out of the, uh, the canisters and laid out on the counter as if she's getting ready for the kids to come in before school to take this to the room. An interesting feature of this building is the basement. And when they built this building, they didn't want to block the street when they got shipments in. So what they did is they made it two doors. This is one door to the basement. The other door is out to where the parking lot is today. That's blocked off now for security reasons. So when they got shipments in, they kick it in the back, and then they just bring it up the front. Now, there is a story about one guy that worked here one day. They don't really use the basement anymore, but uh, he was doing inventory down there in the basement. And he swears up and down, he was sitting there on his clipboard, you know how you do inventory, he's doing marking figures, and all of a sudden he looked over his shoulder and Lucy Lane was looking over his shoulder, marking, making sure he was doing it right. <laughs> the next part of the story is that he then screamed like a little girl and ran up the stairs and never, never went back into the basement again. <laughs>
studio. It's not an original building. It was built by Walt Tanai. Uh, people get their old time photos taken here. Um, on that side of the building is a bunch of sets. And there's a bar set there. And once you know it, there's probably a bartender there. The ghost of bartender was little Joe. I'll explain why in just a few seconds. Uh, a couple things about Joe is we think he's a bartender because every so often the uh, bottles on the bar tip over. But he's a good bartender because he never lets him fall off the bar because he rolls the edge and stop. We also think he's a ladies' man because there's sample pictures around the building, uh, the room, and ever so often pictures get tipped over. But the only pictures of men, never the pictures of the women. <laughs> but here's a spooky story about this place. In this building is a picture of a young girl, and it's a memento mori picture. What that means is back in the 1800s, not like today. I mean, I've had my picture taken probably four or five times since tonight. But back in the 1800s, it was rare to have your picture taken. And the one time you probably got your picture taken was after you died. They believe this girl was dead when they took this picture. And then they painted over it to make her look like alive. We found this picture in one of the buildings when we refurbished it. And we put it up here in the photo studio. And ever since they put that picture in the photo studio, people have felt the presence of a young girl in here. They've actually felt a little girl tugging on their sleeve, and uh, we've actually had paranormal investigators in this building say there is a young girl inhabiting this building to this mm -hmm. day. why we think that uh, the bartender's name is Joe because there was a bar here called Joe's Bar and they had ga gambling here and I, as a story and I collect uh, treasure stories in the Mojave Desert and there's a bunch of them and if I if I really could find this gold I would never be around it anymore but this is one of them at this bar it is said that one day a guy come into the bar and he sat down in one of the games and he put some money down and he played and he won so he put some more money down. He won again. And he kept on winning. Lucky. No, he wasn't lucky. Good guess, but wrong. Uh, they figured out he was cheating. So they chased him out of the bar and chased him out of town. And never to be seen again. The legend goes that he showed up later on in a, uh, in a bar in Nevada. And he did the same thing. Sat down one of the games, put some money down, kept on winning. Now in Nevada, they had a different policy about cheaters. They calico. In Nevada, they just shot him. Just got it over with. But they didn't kill him right away. They took him to a doctor's office, put him up in bed, where he slowly died. But according to the legend, is the last words he said were, the winnings are buried at calico. And no one's ever been able to find him since. <laughs> <laughs> Another original building, as you can see, 
front porch, which now has the uh, galaxy simulator uh, thing. <laughs> Anyways, they always do make changes here. Uh, this also used to be where the newspaper was, and where they printed the newspaper. And uh, people have heard late at night machinery running here. They think it might be the press. And so children have always said that the, there is a man that works in the back of the store, and he's very, very friendly because he always waves and smiles at the kids as they go by. But there's never been a man in that store, and he always seems to be wearing old clothes. All right. Who wants to run the damage now? <laughs> Now, usually in a western town like Calico, they did not have dentists, they had barbers. And barber would fix your teeth. Calico was a little bit uptown, they actually had a barber that fixed your teeth, but they also had a dentist. Now, a denti the uh, de uh, town faded away, the dentist moved to Barstow, and he set up shop there and he worked for a number of years. I've seen the ads for this dentist, and he had the worst name for a dentist ever. How many of you would like to go visit a dentist whose name was Dr. Goodenough? <laughs> <laughs> that was his real name. Uh, Dr. Goodenough. Anyways, a couple <laughs> of interesting facts about the dentist. Uh, back in the day, uh, when you went to go get your teeth fixed, either at the uh, barber or the dentist, uh, you always want to get your appointment first thing in the morning. You know why? Because the drill back then was not motorized. It was pedal powered. And either the dentist worked that drill, or sometimes they even hired children to work the drill. So first thing in the morning, they're all full of energy, and that drill's just going really great. But come about two in, the, two in the afternoon, they're all worn out from working that drill all day, so it's running slowly <laughs> and uneven. So you don't want that on your teeth. So <laughs> that was the most wanted uh, period to get a uh, appointment. Also, when it was a busy at the dentist's office back then, they'd have to keep up on keeping their rags clean. And they sometimes didn't do a really good job of it. They tried as best they could. They would rinse them out and they would hang them out on the post out here, but they'd still be streaks of red on it. And it kind of looked like that post there. And it became, oh. especially for the barber, became so well known that the rags would be hanging out in front that people started looking for rags that had streaks on them to find out where you get teeth fixed. So eventually, they just started making holes that were white with a red stripe, like the streaks of blood on a bloody rag. And that's how the barber started. <laughs> 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 What does this building originally look like to you? You got it. It was a theater. Back in the 70s and 80s, it was a melodrama theater. Matter of fact, in the 80s, they had a really good actor that played the villains. Thank you very much. Anyways, <laughs> one of my first jobs. Um, 
It was a theater for a long time, and then the rock shop moved in here. Uh, the coolest ghost story, I think, in town, one of the coolest, happened here. First off, the uh, workers here claim every so often to see a reflection of a young woman in their display cases in their glass. But the most cool thing they experience here is they have a ghost here, and in the 80s, they decided to have some paranormal investigators look into it. So what they did is they set up a um, video camera into the front door to shoot and see if they can catch the ghost. And they did, part of them. What they caught is going across the floor, they caught a head floating across the floor with some orbs around it. <laughs> exactly. So they're like going puzzling, why just a head? So they did some research to figure out whether or not there was like some decapitation, someone got their head cut off, nothing like that. So then they did a little bit more research and they figured out why. This was the location of one of the mine offices at one time when it was a uh, ghost, when it was a big town, but the mine office was down here and this is built up. So they thought the ghost was actually walking across the ground, but only his head was popping up from this area. Everything be all over the floor. 
and everything, but you know, then they have to all do it over again. Well, probably just do like seven more. <laughs> 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 Alright, so we're going to do Black Mariah, we're working on getting a grant to get this fixed up. This is a hearse, horse-drawn hearse. Uh, keep in mind, this is not really from Calico. It was do donated by another town. For a number of years, it's actually in the middle of town. I, I just got a postcard uh, someone gave me that shows a picture of Calico with this park in the middle of town. It got moved up here to get fixed up. But back in Cal Calico days, when you passed away, they didn't have a hearse. What they basically did is in the back of a, just a regular old wagon and took you out to the uh, cemetery and dug a shallow grave and threw you in. Alright, this is the blacksmith shop. Even though this is the original blacksmith shop, some people say that on some nights that you can reach through the bars and you can actually feel the oven, the, uh, the furnace still working and uh, hear the blacksmith. So if you put your arms through the air, you can probably feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you don't see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dirty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Even though we passed it, we're at the other popcorn cart story. One day, here at the Miners Cafe, they were cleaning up, getting ready to close, and they look over there at that window right there. Turn my flashlight off of me. And that window is into a storeroom that only could be accessed by the people that work the popcorn cart. And they look in that window, and someone's looking back at them. They thought it was a little cute, so they said, uh, someone's in there, they shouldn't be there, so they walked, walked across the bridge and they talked to the popcorn cart person and said, hey, there's someone in there. So they went in the storeroom and there was no one there. So they figured they were just seeing something, so they didn't think about it. So they came up here, back to clean up, and they looked at that window again, and guess what? The person was back. So this time, they figured they'd take a picture. And they got the person. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow, way way cool. Yeah. I had a tour group named this ghost Chris because they couldn't decide whether or not it was a boy or a girl. That was a. Yeah, you see the form and everything. You don't want to see. Yeah. How about your mom? You close your eyes. theory about 
Baptist. I have a theory about this ghost in the next ghost we're going to talk about. Um, when uh, Calico was really roaring, they had a cholera epidemic, if I remember right, and it wiped out a lot of kids. If you go down to the uh, graveyard, you'll find that there's a lot of small uh, graves there. So there's a lot where a lot of kids that lost their lives here. And so as you get further up the hill and closer to the school, the ghosts tend to get younger and they get a little bit more mischievous. So I think that's why we have uh, somebody that hangs out in that storeroom. And also the next ghost we're talking about is a little bit of a mischievous kid. And that's Elsie. <laughs> <laughs> Are they in the schoolhouse? Yeah. She had something happen to her at the uh, Photoshop about 10 years ago on a ghost walk. Hmm. Oh yeah, you were saying that someone grabbed your... My pants, lady, let me tell you that. Yeah. You used to be grabbed sleeves? Sleeves or pants, lady, yeah. All right. It's all downhill from here, folks. More <laughs> <way down. laughs> Like I said, the ghosts get younger, more mischievous. So one day, the person that was running the sweet shop, she opened up the door, and a young boy come running up the hill here, up the steps, into the front door, and into the back of the shop. So she went, chased after him, and he wasn't in the back of the shop. So she just thought he figured out a way to get out the back door. She didn't think anything of it, because that happens sometimes with kids that camp out here. They're a pain in the butt, and they tend to really make trouble. Present company excluded. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> uh, so she didn't think anything of it. So the next day, she goes to open up the shop. The same boy from running up the hill, up the stairs, to the front door and in the back again. She went back there to see what happened, and he wasn't there. So the third day, she got tired of this. So she got one of her workers to sit, go in the back, and catch him. So she opened up the door, up the hill, up the steps, through the front door and into the back. So she's waiting for her worker to say, okay, I caught him. And after a few minutes, the worker says, okay, whenever you're ready, open the front door. I'm ready to catch him. 
and the kid never made it to the back door. And once you know it, just like a kid, sometimes when you catch him on a trick, he never does it again. And he never did it from that day. Uh -uh. Mm. He went to the The reason why it's called Dorsey's Doghouse, I'll explain right now. Dorsey was a real dog. He was a stray dog that the uh, mailman of Calico found. In a couple, three years, he, uh, Dorsey always went on the uh, route with Dor uh, the mailman, especially to the next town over called Bismarck. So one day, the mailman was not feeling well, and he got a funny idea. He said, Dorsey, Dorsey, you go deliver to the mail uh, Bismarck. No, he said that to the dog. <laughs> and so he put the mailbag on Dorsey, put the mail for uh, Bismarck on in the mailbag, and Dorsey went over to Bismarck. Everyone got the mail. And the mailman said, aha, I'm on to something here. And Dorsey, for about five years, delivered the mail to Bismarck. And he was a great uh, mail carrier. He only lost one package in that five years. It had to be a box of cookies, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> And he became famous for that. Uh, Ripley's Blair Knot did a comic strip on him. Picture of him say he's famous. I'll show you the picture here in a second. Uh, he uh, Disney did a uh, film called Disney, uh, Desert Dog, but we don't think it was ever released because we can't find it. Uh, Kenny Rogers in the first edition did an album called The Ballad of Calico. Terrible album. <laughs> One song on it's worth uh, listening to is called Dorsey the Mail Carrying Dog. Well, that's good. Um, I had a friend of mine who lived about eight miles that way, and she had a dog named Caesar, three-legged black lab. And he's one of those dogs that couldn't stay in his yard if his life depended on it. But she didn't worry about Caesar because she knew if he got out of the yard, a day or two later he'd show up right here at Calico. So she got to thinking, why is he always coming here to Calico? So she thought, he's visiting the ghost of the dogs here at Calico. So she wrote a book called Ghost Dog and Caesar children's book and you can actually find that on Amazon <laughs> and it has pictures of Dorsey in there too so if you want to know what Dorsey looks like <coughs> there's Dorsey the mail carrying dog Aww. Aww. yes he is a border collie the smartest dogs on the world yes I had a bush working dog I had a border collie that could tell time he knew exactly when my mom and I would be coming home from work or school, and so he would jump the yard to go visit the neighborhood and always jump back in before we came home. <laughs> <laughs> Never caught him outside the yard. Now, there's plenty of uh, mystery shacks like this in the world, but there's only worth two of them that are exactly alike. There's this one and the one at Knott's Prairie Farm, and they pulled the one down at Knott's Prairie Farm. This is the only one. Uh, people have seen strange lights coming out of the waiting area right here. Also, one time somebody claimed they saw a shooting light that come out, come out the back here and out into the desert out that way. Wow. Sure. 
that there's a ghost that only men can see. Her gaze out right about there. And she's all dressed up, fancy. Yeah, take off your glasses. Just be careful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's dressed all fancy and pretty, and she always is signaling for men to follow her. I've, people have reported seeing her. Men have reported seeing her. But I've never heard any men report what happens if they follow her. There's a little house right here. It's called the Doll's House. And it's a nice little house. I wouldn't mind staying in there. Been in there once or twice. Uh, that used to be where uh, Tumbleweed Harris lived. And uh, you know how kids sometimes, when you're walking with them and they'll something will catch their attention, they won't tell you to stop. So you they jerk you to stop. That's happened quite a bit right here because children say that standing right here waving at them is a man in jeans and a red shirt and a long white beard waving hi to them as they go by. Some even claim that he's Santa Claus. <laughs> This is the office of the Zenda Mining Company. There was a number of different mining companies in town, but before it was the Zenda Mining Company, it was the Undertaker's office. And as such, no one has ever reported seeing a ghost in this area. Go figure. Uh, they have reported like feelings of dread and uh, mourning here. But I have a personal story about this place, the, the uh, Undertaker's office, a little bit. Uh, when a business would go out of town and uh, go out of business in our area, a lot of times the uh, furnishings would be sold off because there wasn't furniture stores or Walmarts or anything like that. So when this undertaker's business went south, they sold off all the furnishings. And the people that bought the furnishings was the railroad. Because at that time, railroad people, the railroad was expanding and they were building housing for their workers. So a lot of the undertaker's uh, furnishings went into houses on, in Barstow on Cottage Street. And I knew a lady, I did a story about her for a uh, newspaper, and she lived in one of those houses. And her house got the bathtub that they used to wash the bodies. Oh. 
And she was about six years old at the time, and she says it was the best bathtub she ever had. Because it, it was about uh, six and a half feet long and about five foot deep. A brass bathtub with the lines on there. She said as a six-year-old she used to just swim in there, and she loved it. But the best feature of it was is it made her very popular in the neighborhood because whenever there was a new kid in the neighborhood, she'd always introduce herself in the same way. We'll come over to my house and see where they wash their bodies. See, it says right here, kids welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why kids are welcome, but we'll take it. <laughs> All right, this is the saloon. It's an original building. It's always been a saloon, like I told some people earlier on. I have pictures of it taken during Prohibition, and they were drinking here during Prohibition. So it's been in continuous use. Uh, there has been some uh, interesting visitations here. Uh, there used to be a painting of a woman above the mirror in the, behind the bar. People say that the mirror would uh, glow at night sometimes. Uh, also, one time, we have uh, gunfighters that shoot on Main Street during big events. And uh, during their break, they would come in and play poker on the poker table. And one night, the uh, workers behind the bar were cleaning up, and they're in the kitchen, and they heard the gunfighters playing on the poker table and they're about ready to chase those ruffians out because they want to go home. And they heard them playing poker, raising all sorts of heck, and the minute they walked out of the kitchen, sound stopped and there was nobody at the table. And no gunfires to be found. This is Lucy Lane's house. It was an original building also. Uh, Lucy Lane lived here, came here as a teenage girl uh, with her mom during the heydays. Uh, they came in here. Like a lot of people, the main people that really made money in Calico were not the miners, but the people that made money off of the mining. And she and her mom and her were for that. They ran a boarding house and then they ended up owning this little store. Uh, my favorite story about Lucy Lane, uh, 
Lucy was, um, she, uh, uh, when her husband asked her to marry her, she said no, because she was 16 at the time and he was in his early 20s. And she didn't want to make him a gra uh, cradle robber. So she made him wait for two years and then she said yes. Uh, she lived here off and on until the 1960s. She had a house in Santa, Bar Santa Barbara also. And so she kind of spent her time part-time here, part-time there. And she's buried down the hill there. Um, I have a friend of mine who's going to be turning 80 in a couple of weeks. Uh, she remembers in the early 50s when she was a teenager uh, coming into Calico, which was nothing much here. And her and her friends had some beer and they were going to get drunk here and they had some Calico late at night. And Lucy greeted them at the street here with a shotgun and informed them the error of their plans and they decided to go somewhere else. <laughs> so uh, Lucy kind of acted as a security guard, but she was kind of cool lady uh, uh, from all intents and purposes. Uh, another interesting story I, I, we have at the museum, uh, during uh, the war bonds, during World War II when they sold war bonds, she sold the most war bonds of anyone in the high desert. And we have her medal she won for that. Uh, people have seen uh, Lucy still walking in the building to this day, but the most interesting visitation of, of Lucy came about one summer at the evening when the rangers were coming around. And matter of fact, just happened tonight is uh, rangers sometimes have to check, make sure all the buildings are locked up. Sometimes people forget. And this door was open. It was a summer's night. He had somebody in the car with him, the truck with him. So they parked right there, and the passenger stayed in the truck. They had the windows down. And he came in the building here, and he, as people would do sometimes, they come in, he came in and he yelled out, hello. And someone came and answered back, hello. And he went to look to see who it was, and there was no one in the building. But what was interesting is the person that was outside heard both hellos also. So Lucy's still around. They had volunteers. Um, what they did do is they had every business in town was required to have at least a bucket or a barrel near the front door of their business full of water in case of fire. Then they started a bucket that day. So the fire hall was added by Walter Knott and the uh, fire engines here that were there. I think even it was by San Francisco. Uh, interesting little tidbit about this is when I was first learning the stories about the uh, ghosts in the town of Calico. They informed me that the bell up here on top of there has been rusted in place for years and years and years, and it has not rung for decades. And I said, oh, that's interesting, because just a few months before I started working here, I heard it ringing at an event. And so I'm wondering if I was hallucinating or someone was getting funny with a TV gun.
building that was originally here in Calico on Main Street. Um, there's a picture that is considered the oldest picture of Calico, uh, taken shortly after 1881, when it was really, really booming. It's amazing. It looks almost like downtown LA from that time. And this building is copied from that picture. The second story you see there is actually a fake, which makes it look like that. But people have seen shadowy figures by the windows and also along there. But the most interesting thing people have seen is these rockers stay perfectly still. But for some reason, that last rocker sometimes rocks by itself. Now, I've said that story bunches and bunches of times. And sometimes you say the story enough times you don't believe it. And just about two months ago, I said that story. And I said, and these rockers all stay, by the, stay perfectly still except for this last one who rocks by itself. And the minute I hit it with my flashlight, it started rocking by itself. Wow. <laughs> and everyone in this room is trying to identify the multicolor. <laughs>
Can you see that a bit louder? That sounded like Michael. You trying to scare us? Michael? We were watching Halloween over and over again. It kept showing up on the internet and on the TV. How many of you are here tonight? Can you move the blue ball? Can you move the ball for us? What color? What color is the ball? What is your name? Today. Today? I know, we're kind of slow to go. It's been a long day. What do you think about Halloween? Is it fun? <laughs> Glenn's, Glenn's yawning. He's tired. <laughs> now the word noise. going on too. It's like, do ghosts have allergies? I know I've asked that. <laughs> Glenn was telling scary stories. Do you like scary stories? Geez, that kind of rhyme. Does anybody like to talk to us today? Is there any message you would like to give us? Especially because it's Halloween. 
a lot of you guys like to come out and play for Halloween and Dia de los Muertos. Como estás? Feliz Dia de los Muertos. Me first. Can hear the air conditioner in the background. Yes, you yes, I should. You want me to move the ball? I know how to move the ball. Are you saying you don't? Can you not move the ball? I can't move it unless I, you know, touch it with my feet. Tell me your name. Hi. Do you like Glenn's podcast? Do you listen when he records them? How did you come to be here? Did you used to work here? Or live here? You guys know we're here just to talk. We're not here to harm. You remember I'm Genevieve. This is Glenn. You say hi, Glenn. Hey there. <laughs> and you guys probably didn't remember how the spirit box works. It says things backwards on the phone, which is right here. And you can make the words turn forward. 
I heard you say today. Really clear earlier. and breathe through his mouth because he's squeaky and stuff. So it aren't EVPs, it's just our statuses. <laughs> so he does it faster. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Are you all trying to talk at once? Probably only one person at a time to get really close to the phone and talk to us. Is it Halloween? Do you know what year it is? Can you make the ball move? Maybe if you just blow on it real hard, it would move. No? Michael? Is your name Michael? from Michael. Say Diaz. What color are Glenn's eyes? I think Glenn has pretty eyes. <laughs> Can you hear Glenn's nose squealing? <laughs> that sounded like a laugh. He's starting to fall asleep sitting up. Hmm. You guys get sleepy? 
Shall we say goodnight? Otherwise, I think Glenn is going to fall over. <laughs> He's not even paying attention anymore. I am. I'm not asking him any questions. Is it okay we say goodnight until next time? Let him maybe? Do you like talking? Do you like talking to us? Got lots of going on. Okay, we're gonna say goodnight, and we'll uh, do this again sometime soon. You say goodnight, Twitter. Goodnight, YouTube. Say goodnight. See ya. Buenas noches. Alright. Good night, guys. Alright, so that does it for the uh, live spirit box. Uh, <laughs> Gwen Clark, along with uh, Black Circle Girl for Stories of the Dark, will. Uh, See you in our next edition. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Okay, that's done. I think this one has to let me save it on Twitter. I think.